At some point in time, you enlisted into my great country's army. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. And what's that story? So, so I'm sitting. So this is the thing. I come back from college. I'm on the couch sitting there talking with mom. And mom was like, hey, I'm going to need you to go downtown to the welfare building and get an ID card. I was like, why do I need an ID card? was from the welfare. She was like, well, baby, that money I was sending you and food stamps, I signed you up from welfare. I'm like, okay, all right. Shit, I'm on welfare. <laughs> all righty. I go downtown to the welfare office, man. I had $3 in my pocket. I go down to the welfare office. I'm sitting down there, and I'm looking at all these able-bodied men in the room. Mm. I'm looking at all these dudes. I was like, man, this dude don't look sick. This dude don't look tired. This dude look like he should be working somewhere. Mm. And uh, so... I was like number 80-something or whatever, and they was on like number 40 for, for calls. And I'm sitting for an hour, and they on like 50. I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be all day. You know what I mean? Like, man, I heard about I heard the horror stories. Yeah. And I'm, I'm living it now. So I, uh, I stepped out. I stepped out the uh, uh, welfare office, and I had $3, and I wanted a chili dog. Go, uh, uh, I wanted a chili dog. We, chili dogs are real big in Ohio. They know Go start a little, yeah, yeah, the okay. little, yeah, the little yeah. mini buddies, yeah. Uh, Gold Star Chili. So I'm going to go to Gold Star because they're 99 cent. And then I lit across the street and I saw the Army recruiter station. Hmm. So do I want a chili dog or do I want to join the Army? And uh, and I walked in and I walked in the recruiter and I said, I want to be an Airborne Ranger. And he was like, do you even know what an Airborne Ranger is? I said, nah, but my cousin told me they was hard as a motherfucker and that's what I want. <laughs> And he somehow made it happen. Yeah, and he made it happen. Actually, and and, and he, he he took care wow. of me. Wow. Unbeknownst to me, he the MOS that he gave me because I I was not uh, eleven Bravo. Right. I was not infantry. Right. Joining, he was like, "Hey, I got an infantry contract that I can get you in in eleven months." But he advised you entry. against that. Well, no, no, I changed that. He said, "I have an infantry contract. I can get you in." Okay. But it's eleven months from now. Oh. I got this other contract that's it. five months from now. Got it. Uh, as a, uh, at the time it was called 76 Yankee, which is a unit supply specialist. And I was like, so I'm gonna pass shit out, man. I can pass stuff out. He was like, no, 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 well, not just that. And he showed me the arms room, showed me the weapons. I've been seeing guns and drugs my whole life. Uh... I always liked guns. I just didn't deal with drugs, but I always had a thing for guns. Wow. So I'm thinking to myself, like, hell yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be the armor and I'm gonna be this bad Green Beret, you know, I mean, excuse me, bad uh airborne ranger and make it happen. So, yeah, man, and I and like and I still carry that that mindset with me to this day. I don't like if I'm gonna do it, I have to do it right now. Huh. Whatever it is. Whatever whatever it is. A little impulsive, maybe. Uh yes. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, hey, man, if we're doing this, yes. <laughs> then that's it. Everybody start moving. Hey, man, put your oar in the water. You know, get your butt. You know, yeah. get your, get your, get your whatever it is that we're doing. So you shipped out to the army. Shipped out to the army. Went to uh, Sweet Fort Jackson. Mm-hmm. Basic training. So like the the crazy part about it though was like joining the army. I'm like basic training, AIT, Airborne School, and RIP, uh, Ranger Indoctrination Program. program. So my first a lot of training off the bat. My first six and a half, seven months in the army, you know what I was accustomed to? Walking in the room and people yelling at me. Mm. So I didn't I didn't have to talk. You know, I mean, because you can't like yeah, I can internalize anything. So I just 
I just listen. So people wow. yelling, I just do what you said, dude. That's wow. yeah. So I'm cool like that. I'm robotic, but all I know is I can't go back to the hood. You can't fail out of anything. Fuck you can't no. rock out. You have to. You have to. I make cannot it. go back to the hood. I got arrested twice. Where? What do you mean? Walking through my neighborhood. Oh, cutting so, through my neighborhood, and so, I was like, you know, I'm. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I'm glad you say that. I can't go back to the hood. You're you're out now, mm-hmm. and you realize what? What did you realize that I can go forward? There's a life after this. There's a there's a, there's a life outside of the hood. I I knew that if the army didn't work. Man, I was going to go back to being, I mean, I was really, like, my only plan was to make the Army work, but had it not worked, bro, I know we wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. I know we wouldn't be sitting here, because I would have went back, and I would have just picked the whole block up, like, so, you know. So, I'm going to fast forward your life a little go bit, because we can talk about a lot of stories, yeah, and I want to yeah, hear yeah, some yeah. of them. No, I want to hear some of them, but not only did you make the Army work, you ultimately made it to a top Tier 1 unit with the Green Berets. Yes. That's a big deal. Yes. What made you want to put in your packet and go be a Green Beret? Um, uh, so so when I was in 160th, so I went from Ranger Battalion to 160th. And when I was in 160th, a guy named uh, Raphael Barrett, uh, rest in peace to my man Ralph, he told me, he said, hey, Ren, you know what, man? You know, as far as logistics go, uh, you're good, but I think you'd be a better SF dude because he had worked with some SF guys in Korea. I wasn't really familiar. Was that an attitude thing about you that he saw in you? Yeah, because he was like, an this attitude? ain't you. He was like, you know what? You are not a clerk. You are in here bouncing off the walls. Like, you know, yeah. I I, yeah. I, uh, I made this statement yesterday. I was like, I'm a cat lady and a dog whisperer in the same head. Like, you know what I mean? Like, your crazy does not want to see my crazy. Like, yeah, my crazy <laughs> yeah. don't stop. So, so like, you know, I just, I'm kind of putting two and two together as I listen to you. Was the Green Berets then an outlet for you? To maybe move into more of who you were, maybe, or a, a, a yeah. chat. I don't know. Were yeah. you able to express yourself in a different way? Yeah, I can say that. Like being a Green Beret, because uh, I like helping people. Somewhere along the line, I picked up this whole four-letter word called care <laughs> 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 that I can't kill. You know what I mean? So. And uh, Green Berets, like, you know, holistically, that's what we are, man. Train, advise, and assist. Like, you know, we actually train dudes to take care of their own country. And sometimes we help them out. Talk to me about the multiple, multiple deployments. Your wife, the family. How did you juggle both in compartmentalization? Oh, wow. Uh, um. That's I, told, not easy. I, t- I told her, I said, uh, you can leave if you can leave. That was a scary joke, bro. You Relax, told your wife man. that? <laughs> that's, oh, our, that's one of our running jokes, man. That's our dude, scary joke. I thought joke. you were serious, man. You had me on the edge of my seat. You had me on the edge of my seat. I thought you were serious. Hey, no, man. Bro, hell no, man. My wife crazy as hell, man. man. My wife would kill me. <laughs> oh, she don't even hear that. She's not listening to this podcast well, now. That joke's on me that. now, man. That whole yeah. joke's on me now. All right. All no, right. man. No, no, no. No, actually, man, hey, shout out to the Queen Bee, man. Angel, she, uh, uh, with the deployments and all that, because she's such an independent person. Hmm. Like, I married somebody who did not need me to make her complete. Hmm. You feel me? Like she knew who she was as right, a person. Right, she is still to this day. She's still one hundred percent secure in her. She does not require me for nothing other than like 
hey, change that light bulb and here's the bills. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and she pays a lot of bills too, though. Like we live in the household where yeah. she pull her way. Mama go to work every day, man. Shout out to the wife, man. For real. But yeah, no, that's that's uh with all the deployments, uh, she knew that like before we got married, she knew that I wanted to be a Green Beret. And she was like, and you so conceptually go do that. knew what that life was. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have no choice again, bro. So this is where I'm at in my life, at the point to where I went special forces. I'm six years in the army, and I'm starting to hate it. Mm. I'm start. We we got we got more money than anybody in the military, and I'm hating just the. I don't know. I get it. A little too bougie. It was a little too pretty it. for me. I'm. I get it. I'm a rugged guy. I'm okay with getting yeah. dirty. You that's know, what, that's so. why I said earlier. Did the Green Brace help you kind of come into Absolutely. a little bit of who brought you my were. football guy back out in me? Yeah. you know what yeah. I mean. Kind of got me back to you know locking horns. And so, you know. how did you deal with all the deployments? I mean, you were in a rough battle in Sauter City. Yes, a yeah. rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, yeah. a rough. Right. That was crazy. Right. We took the whole house. We took every Green Beret, every every operator we had to go in there. And, uh, you know, we went in probably 10, 15 trucks deep uh, of Damn. just Warfighter. And, man, and it was like, we, uh, uh, my mission, there was some, some items set up, like giant circus tents set up in this courtyard. We could not identify what was inside the court, what inside the tents. So... Me as a team leader, they were like, hey, Ren, you know, maybe you and one other guy just kind of go out there. Because we got to identify, there may be 100 people inside this team. So we pull up as, as clandestine as you can imagine, with 20 trucks, if you will. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? We're sneaking up on nobody. <laughs> we pull up, and myself and another, uh, another guy, man, we hop out the truck, and I'm walking out to this field, and I look at this big giant circus tent. It's bigger in person than it was on camera. And I'm literally like inching out there. Because I know tactically this is fucking bad. This is bad. You never walk in the open tactically. And needless to say, man, they, they let the night up, man. We're, we're to, it, it literally, I felt like I was uh, an actor looking at a paparazzi with all the gunfire that was going off. So how, how, do, how do you mentally how did you mentally handle that? Because a lot of guys don't. Unfortunately. So the uh, uh, gunfighter, right? Like that's kind of our thing. Like, you know what I mean? That's kind of term that we apply to each other. Especially because at the time I was in the SIF, the uh, Commanders and Extremist Force, or now it's called the CRIF. Commander they got Commander rid of that Force. about a year. Didn't they get rid of the I think they, Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I got they got rid of it. So, yeah, I'm in seventh group. I'm a seventh group guy. Uh, it's 0506. We, we show up to Iraq. You know, we, we're used to Colombia, Afghanistan. Like, those are our two AORs for the obvious reason, the war on drugs and the war on terror. So some group, they were like, hey, man, we're going to Iraq. So we're like, wow, you know what? That's out of our area. We have zero, like, linguist support. So some attachments showed up and things like that. So uh, we went to Iraq and the firefight in Sadr City, man, it was a, it changed every man that was there. 
I just started shooting. Back. You identify where all the fire was coming from? It was so much, I couldn't. I literally was engaging every aspect from ground to ceiling. And now the entire stack is pinned down behind some vehicles on the main street. And they're yelling like, we gotta get out of here. You know, and everybody's yelling. And I hear my name. I hear my name, man. I'm out here changing magazines, bro. I am still in the middle of a field. You know what? With my middle finger up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, man, I'm about that life too, man. You want to shoot at me? I'm gonna shoot back. You know, period. And uh, so I'm out there. And and at this moment, why this is happening to me, it's not. Cause I, I didn't realize the significance of what I was actually in. Ren. Turn around, look over my shoulder, and I realize I am the only dude standing out here by himself. Wow. And I am laying down, bro. I am, I am engaging multiple targets. And how about this? We enjoyed it so much. In one deployment, we went to Sutter City three times. We went three times. Do you feel some of the guys get addicted to the adrenaline? No. No. Uh, it's not so much the adrenaline of gunfighting that gets guys addicted to it because ultimately you just stop caring. Like, it really don't matter. Get numb. You're numb. You know, like I said, like being homeless, you just go numb. It's like, does this matter? Not really. All you got to do is not die. Because when they yell my name, I turned around and I looked. Who called me? Because I'm coming to you. Like, Dave, if you... I'm coming to you. That means you're the only person not shooting right now. And uh, and it was uh, my sniper buddy, Greg Hankel. And uh, Greg, man, shout out to my man, Greg Hankel. Amazing human being, bro. And uh, Greg was like, Rennie. I came running back to Greg, and I knew, like, we got to get off the street. So I just grabbed one of the uh, Iraqi troops, man, and was like, breach the storm. He was like, this target? I'm like, fuck no, it's not the target. But if we stay out here, we're dead. We're dead. We're we're going to die out here behind some old beat up ass car that's getting shot up. Cause there's push, push, all that's happening. The 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 windows are exploding, the car ding ding ding. All that's happening though. Yeah, you know, that's wow. that's cause they're close, man. And I'm like, we gotta get off the street, man. So I ended up having one of the guys, man, came up and we shotgun the door, we pushed in that first house. And that, and that opened up the flow so guys were able to kind of, kind of like, you know, get moving. And because that, that had we stayed there, I, I mean, how many, how many of us was going to go down? I just, right now, and, and wow. the, the, we push in, we get to a rooftop. We're at a rooftop, we're on the radio, and it's hard to communicate because all you hear is everybody yelling and shooting. Everybody is yelling. Can you accurately identify the enemy? Several, yes. And, and especially with our sniper teams and our, and our uh, above above sink, we did a lot more work via sniper. Uh, man, our snipers, man, shout out to our snipers, man, they saved our ass that night. There were a few channels that guys were sped up, and you could tell the speed that because when they chimed in, you heard boom, 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 boom. Hey, I got five over here, you know. And then some guys you'll hear, Roger that I copy five building number blah. I'm bringing five to you. So you know who was engaged and who was not. So that way you can kind of look at your playbook of the scenario because we're engaged on a four to six block radius. We're not just fighting on one street. 
We're fighting the neighborhood of Sodder City. So tell, how did you adjust then to going home, deployments, going home, deployments? I remember being in a gunfight, and then eight days later, I was Santa Claus. At home. <laughs> Kids sitting on your lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Playing with the boy, man. You know, you know I mean? we're we're good at that though. We're we're good at that turning it off mm-hmm. and turning it back on, turning it mm-hmm. off, turning it back off. Yeah, I mean we're hey man, we're 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 special operators. So it's like, hey man, you know don't cry me a river, Justin Timberlake. Don't nobody want to hear your sob story about how you can't hold it together, man. You need to ruck up, wow. homeboy. Yeah. So what was your transition like out of the army? Out of the army? Alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't I didn't decide to have a drink. I decided to get drunk because you got to remember I whatever. I have a drink. I decided to get drunk. <laughs> right. Because remember, whatever I do, I commit. Yeah. So I spent about five months, man, getting as drunk as possible. Wow. I got some endurance, bro. I got I got, I got, got some chops. I've seen a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and my wife was like, you know, she just came in one day and she was like, we had the talk. She was like, I love you. And uh, you're my champion. And I was like, all right, mama. I said, this is the play. She said, what's the play? I said, I'm going back to Afghanistan. And I'm going to rock this contract gig for about five months. And she said, that's why you've been drinking so much? I'm like, yeah. Because I knew that this was about to be over. I was just enjoying being retired for four or five months. And I signed on for a job in October 2012. For a contract position. And uh, and I was contracting back and forth to Afghanistan up to 2017. So. So 20 years in the Army, mm-hmm. and then another five years of deployments on the contracting side of the house. Correct. Whew. Yeah, going back. Like, I'm, I'm back over, you know, we six-monther, nine-monther. How about this? I got a tragic fucking story. Send it. I was in a gunfight the day my mom died. Oh. How about that? As a contractor. Yeah, as a fucking contractor. Jeez. <laughs> I get a call from my wife, and she was like, are you okay? And I'm like this. We're in the ready room loading magazines. The dudes are out there already putting in work. I'm a contractor, so I'm more snuffy, right? I'm, what, what can I do to help? You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and jump in with your ODA and get out here and chase bad guys down. How can I help you be where you at? Meanwhile... Rockets, RPGs, we we are taking so much gunfire in our perimeter. There are Taliban members running through. This was in Ghazni. There are members of the Taliban running through our base, literally shooting at U.S. soldiers. Yeah. And you got a call from your wife. Wife, my phone ring. Said, Hello, she said, babe. I said, hey, what's up, mama? She said, your mom just passed. I said, okay, I'll call you later. She was like, all right, you okay? I said, I'm fine. And then he got back in the fight. You fucking got to get back in the fight. I, can, I do not have fucking time right, to do you gotta that You got to get now. back in the fight. This is the thing. You mentally thing. turn it off. Turn mm-hmm. it, you mentally mm-hmm. got back that in the fight. In, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, uh, uh, that was unique. Shit. That is unique. Yeah, I get on the airplane, fly back home to Dayton, Ohio. Had my mom cremated. You know what I mean? You know, I had to do that. And nine days later, I was back at Gosney. Let's get back to work, man. You had... You had visions in Afghanistan. You had dreams. You had you had thoughts. What does this mean? Now, the first time I ever saw you in a picture, actually, you had a hat that said this on it. What uh, what, what what does this mean to you? Twenty two pounds. So, uh, in 
14, 15, 16. So about 2016, 2017 time frame, I'm sitting in Afghanistan, again, as usual, and, uh, and like the contracts is doing cuts and all that. So it's like, okay, I'm kind of on the fence. Don't want to volunteer to be cut. Don't want to get cut. Uh, luckily, I end up getting cut. They're like, hey, we got to cut 15 yeah, guys. The decision was made for you. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, hey, we got to cut 15 guys. Remember, we're going to cut you. Wow. I called my wife and I said, mama, did we hit our number? Because it was another contracting country that I could have just picked up and kept going. And she was like, we hit our number. So 22 pounds is a million dollars in $100 bills. 22 pounds is how much? A million dollars in $100 And that was your bills. number. That was my number. Because when I was a kid, I said, man, if I made a million dollars, I'd be the richest man in the world. Wow. I'd never be homeless again. Wow. I'd never have to worry about a thing in my life. So you did it through contracting. So I did it through contracting. Damn. Because the army is not gonna pay you a million dollars. No, no, it's not. Ever. Ever. You like, made it through contracting. And I made it through contracting. Damn. And, uh, yeah. So what oh, wow. What are you up to now? What's your uh, life like? What are your goals? What what do you what 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 keeps you motivated these days? Writing. Writing, I uh, man, I got a passion for a pen. You know, my my. Did you always have that. Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to write poems. I used to look. I was a rapper for about ten minutes. <laughs> Made like one rap song and knew it forever. Like you know what I mean? It, it was it was good. So, what do you write now? Uh, now, like I'm working on a screenplay, uh, and I'm re and I reached out to uh, my cousin Jackie, who also is a uh, screenplay writer, and uh, so we kind of working on development of this uh, this screenplay. Which I want to get at, get out there, and I have a lot like where I live at now. So this was my plan in Afghanistan. When I said, "Mama, we hit our number," the twenty two pounds hack came into play. My neighborhood where I live at now, uh, it's a lot of Marvel guys, a lot of you know actors. A studio stuff, nearby house. Right, right, right. I live like ten minutes from Pinewood Studios. Okay. So a lot of my neighbors are, and I talk to them about screenplays and writing and stuff like that. So one friend led to another friend. And and before you know it, I'm sitting down with guys like uh, Michael Grillo, who is executive producer for Marvel. Uh, also, I'm I'm really good friends with another guy, Nick Childs. Nick Childs actually helped me pen two of my books because I also have three wow. books. Wow! But not published, so I can't say I am a published author. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, it's happening. It's just you know what? I want the right publishing deal. Sure. sure. You know, I, I want I want to publish with somebody. See, because I don't want to. I'm not so focused on making the money as much as I am the relationship. Yeah. Because like I'm such a great writer, and I 